You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, today on the podcast, we are talking all things mental health and relationships. We have the New York Times bestselling author, Alison Raskin, with her new book, Overthinking About You, which I feel like is such a fun title because I've definitely done my share of overthinking in the past. Uh, Allison is a mental health advocate. She is an author. She's a podcaster. Um, and she really just dives in all about mental health and her relationships and dating and then being in a relationship and kind of like working through her own mental health journey. So the conversation is, I feel like for everybody, because whether you know it or you don't, you might have dated somebody with a mental illness in the past, or maybe you're struggling with that. And this podcast really allows you to be transparent with that and like, lets you know things that you can do to make your mental illness, not you, but an extension of you. Let's get into it. You're listening to the laughing couple podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Awesome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. We are so like stoked for this podcast because when we originally like when we first got the request for this we were like oh my goodness like we haven't had this conversation on the podcast about like mental health and specifically like in relationships and it's rare because we talk about a lot of stuff and this is one thing we haven't covered so like i'm really looking forward to it yeah it was we'll we'll get into it a little bit later i I felt a little um what's the word what Overwhelmed? overwhelmed no 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 like What's the word I just, I just said? I, I said, I don't want to be ignorant oh, with this. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack. What right? was the word? But you said, because ignorant sounds like it's intentional to a certain degree. No, or, like innocently Innocently ignorant. ignorant about this subject matter. And so I'm stoked. 
Okay, so before we start, you know, we do a segment called I Love You You're Annoying. So what is something that your partner does currently that is just driving you absolutely bonkers? You know, I'm working on not letting it drive me bonkers. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm someone who's very verbal. So when, when he says anything to me, I give him some sort of response. And, right. and I will often say many, many things um, and not get any response. Really? You just like stare at <laughs> you? Or like, it, I guess he doesn't think that, you know, in his defense, I ramble a lot. I'm chatting a lot. I'm, I'm saying stuff throughout the day. Um, and I'd say 80% of it he <laughs> replies to, but there is that 20% where um, I get no response. And uh, if it's important, I will say it again. And if it's not important, then I will continue about my day. Is this like via text or like in person? In person. Oh, I'm like, well, maybe he's just skipping your text. <laughs> he never ignores a text. So, well, maybe just text him when you're texts right beside important. him. Texts are important. He can just yeah. be right beside you and be like, yeah. I'm me. still talking. What, what is your, what's your partner's name? John. 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 Hello, John. Still here. Allison here. Wondering. Mid, mid sentence over here. <laughs> okay. Anytime you want to join back in, I'm still here. We just talked about. Kind of like something similar, like I always get frustrated with Ryan because we said this, I said this the other day and it's not my, I I swear I heard it somewhere, but like if I ask him something once, once is a request, uh, a second time is a reminder and the third time, like I'm nagging and I don't want to be nagging him, but I feel like it gets to this like level where I'm like, I feel like I'm a dog whistle. (laughs) And then, like, it's just, like, silent. Like, he knows it's there, but it's, like, kind of silent, and it's not really there. And he's just like, no, it just kind of goes over my head, but it's really annoying. (laughs) It's annoying, and it's selective. I think that's what bugs me the most, because it feels like selective listening. Yeah, I'm learning that, like, I, you know, sometimes I do, because we just moved in together, and Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's more chores to do and more stuff to do. And so um, I think my fear always comes from, I don't want to be nagging, but like, we've had conversations where I'm like, so if I ask something and you, and you didn't, don't do it, is it okay if I just ask you again? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. So like, as long as like, I can just say it, however many times I need to say it for the thing to get done. And neither of us yeah. get annoyed with each other about that. And that's just maybe our communication style. Then that totally. feels more comfortable than when I feel like, oh no, what if he's going to get mad at me for asking the third time? Right. See, we talk about this thing called a condition of satisfaction, which is essentially you make a statement like that and the other person agrees. And as long as there's an agreement in between it, you can do whatever you want because that's the agreement that the two of you have, which is so powerful because I wish that was a tool that we had when we first moved in together because mm-hmm. the truth is six months in, we were almost on the other side <laughs> of the table because of our communication, we loved each other unconditionally, had a tremendous amount of respect for each other, but did not know how to communicate effectively. So you guys thank have, God yeah, he's got well. you and you're an expert at it because uh, I'll tell you that that little teeny little that little teeny voice inside your head that says, am I nagging that stops you from asking the question that would have resulted in the whatever it is that you wanted, the outcome that you wanted. You're frustrated. He's frustrated because he doesn't know you're frustrated. Uh, it's a game changer. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And I, I think it's really unrealistic for us to think that like two random people with totally different backgrounds and communication styles are like seamlessly going to mm-hmm. walk through a relationship together. For yeah, sure. We didn't. <laughs> yeah. We right. Were, like, you have fine. to have those conversations. <laughs> so before we get into the book, before we get into the book and before we get into all the juicy stuff, 
I'd like to have an opportunity to discuss with you how this all came about because mental health has been something that you've been dealing with, knowingly dealing with since the age of four, correct? Yeah. So let, let's dive into kind of the, the thing that made you who you are that made you reach out to the world to say, let me help. Yeah. So like you said, I, I got diagnosed with OCD when I was four years old. So I, I have no memory of a life without mental health being a big component of it. Um, and, you know, like most things, it comes in waves. I've had better times. I've had worse times. But for me, my biggest trigger was always romantic relationships mm-hmm. where like nothing could knock me off course. Nothing could, you know, be more unsettling and bring out my symptoms more than than like romantic rejection, heartbreak, the confusion around what are we um, feeling the need to like lock something down to feel safe, which would then bring out a lot of, you know, behaviors that I'm not proud of. Um, <laughs> and so I dated in a really unhealthy way um, until about my late 20s. And then I sort of noticed that suddenly I was able to engage in this really important part of my life in a healthier way. And it was this really interesting thing of like, oh, like putting in this work of building up my self-esteem, getting a better sense of of what does trigger me, why it triggers me, better understanding of my anxiety, my OCD, better vocabulary to be able to talk about it with people. Also, some self-compassion around it that was really important. And so I was realizing, oh, this is really interesting that this journey is possible. And, you know, I kind of came up on the Internet. I um, I'm a writer, a screenwriter. I'm a comedian. I'm a podcaster. I, you know, was always like content creating. But I'd always because I often share a lot about my my life. Mental health had always been a part of that content. Um, and so I realized I wanted to write a book about this experience of, you know, figuring out how, how to date in a healthier way when you do have OCD, anxiety, um, and or depression. And at first I was like, okay, I'm just, this is sort of going to be a memoir where I sort of just like tell my story. Mm. But then I was like, but how helpful is that? (laughs) You know, because like it is, I think, I think sharing your story is so powerful and it's something, um, that guides my my life and that I encourage from other people. But also, you know, it is individual. I I am in a very privileged position of, of being, you know, a white cis straight woman who's always had access to mental health resources. And so I really wanted to, to blow out the world. And so when I started writing the book, I included a lot of expert interviews for mental health professionals, dating coaches, couples, you know, really expanding it beyond outside my own experience and so the the final product is actually a blend of memoir and a lot of self-help as well can we also just give amazing praise for the title overthinking about you i love that (laughs) so much i'm such an overthinker i will fill in the blanks when i don't have any communication my brain is like well you this is actually what's happening and it is so detrimental because you create these stories and these these things that don't actually happen so i was like this this is the perfect title for a book about mental health and relationships so oh, my next you. kind of like question for you is so your the book is about a lot of like personal experience mixed with um education as well 
did you feel like there was a time in your life where like you were maybe like dating and you know you noticed you're like whoa like is there I have a pattern with myself in how I'm showing up and like was something triggering to you that you recognized that and said like I need to step back like this is something that I need to work on before I like get into a relationship like how how did you notice that that it was like a, a cycle that you were like okay like I need to talk about this more shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks? What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit goodvibeswithansjuice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with Good Vibes Juice. Hey, Ryan. Yes? You stink. Um, okay. I stink too, don't worry. Everyone actually stinks, and it's normal to have body odor, just in case you needed a reminder. Okay, thank you for that. But the best part is, you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. 
And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at LumiDeodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Stay fresh, everyone. Oh, I mean, I knew that I was terrible at dating and that I was, you know, like it was... It's interesting, like I would have willpower in pretty much every other aspect of my life and I would not when it came to relationships. Like I could not stop myself from sending that extra text or from checking my boyfriend's Instagram activity to see Mm -hmm. if he was alive or if he was doing things he had lied to me about or, you know, I was I was so uh, I I, it wasn't like I was like, oh, this is going well. (laughs) I knew that you're um, like, it's not. Yeah, I knew that it wasn't, but I didn't really know what to do about it. And I mm-hmm. also don't think that at the time I was able to appreciate how much my anxiety and my OCD were playing a part. And I felt very much like I'm the problem. Mm. Um, and so, the, you know, there's a lot of talk in the mental health field where a lot of people think there's a lot of value in externalizing your disorders as like, and there's debate about this. It works for some people. It doesn't mm-hmm. for others. But for me, it's always been really helpful to see my OCD and my anxiety um, as separate from me. Right. Um, versus like a, a who I am, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I kind of wish that I had maybe understood that it was like, not just like Allison the person, but Allison the person with right. anxiety at OCD who is behaving in these ways. It didn't define you. So I'm I'm interested in asking this question because, and I don't mean this in an, in an offensive way. I'm going to try to put some humor a little bit to it, but uh, only because I don't have the words to kind of articulate what I'm trying to say here. But, you know, one of the things that we, we had a dating coach uh, come on here a little over a year ago and we talked about, you know, bridging the gap between how quickly do you tell someone that you have a kid when you're single? Right. And that was a hard conversation for people to wrap their heads around because it's like, I'm here and there's my kids, but my kids are me. And I'm not saying or suggesting that mental health is like a kid, but you know, you talk about there's me and there's my mental health. It's a big part of you. It's a big part of you. And Um, it's a difficult thing for people to just bring up and I don't know why it is difficult for people to bring up, but when someone is dating or looking to date and they are dealing with mental health, how quickly do you, do you suggest or invite them to bring up the conversation that like, Hey, you're going to, you're looking at dating me and here's what I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole chapter in the book, right? Because it is that big question. It is like, how do we tackle this? And I think the first thing is that you honor that it is a hard thing to bring up. It's like, you know, maybe in a perfect world, it wouldn't be, but we live in a world where mental health is still stigmatized. Um, You know, I think people are much more open about saying they go to therapy, more open about, you know, throwing around to have anxiety and have this, but like when it gets to the nitty gritty of like how these symptoms manifest and impact your day-to-day life, suddenly that's a different conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like, oh, I can't get out of bed when I'm in a depressive episode is very different than, yeah, I've like felt depressed before, you know, like the reality of that is, is really different. And so I think, um, you know, I had some great guidance in writing the book. And and I think my big takeaway to answer that question is like, you really have to look at what stage of the relationship you're in versus Mm -hmm. how long you've known the person. So, Mm -hmm. 
there are going to be people who it's kind of just surface level. Like you don't ever really dig into big things. You're more casually dating them. Like you, they don't even know if you have siblings because you've never even talked about it. Like, right. you know, it's, it's much more just like a casual flirty thing. Um, and then I really don't know if, if you need to bring that up, mm-hmm. but if you're starting to realize that this is a person that you want to build a deeper relationship with, and you are starting to talk about these bigger, more substantial times in your life, you know, maybe they've shared that they've lost a parent or they've shared some other trauma in their life, then it sort of becomes that omission, right? Because then you're not really giving, you know, they're maybe giving you the full picture of their life, but you're not really giving them yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, you know, as scary as it is to have that conversation, it is it is so revealing, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. the way that they... The, the way that they take that information is right. going to be very revealing about whether or not you're even compatible with this mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, those of us who, you know, grown up or struggled with mental disorders, there may be this sense of like, okay, I just got to find somebody that accepts me. But really, you've got to find somebody that's worth it, that like right. you want to accept it. And Amen. That, yeah. Right? Like that when you share this vulnerable stuff, that they honor it, that they're not just like blowing past it or... And I also think leaving space for them to have questions, right. you know, like if I say to somebody, I have OCD, they might not know what that means. And also, honestly, how could they? Because OCD manifests differently in every single person. Mm-hmm. So like my version of it is very different than my friends' versions of it and other people's versions of it. And so mm-hmm. I don't think that you need to share everything all at once, but I do. And I, and I actually would advise against that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that when you realize, oh, we're getting to a place where we're starting to really open up. And that honestly, depending on your age and just the type of person you are, that might be the first date. That might be the second date. might be three weeks in. But like when you're realizing, oh, we're getting to a different level of knowing each other. Mm -hmm. That's really what I would advise. It's almost like a respect thing too, right? Like I, I respect this person enough to let them know that this is a huge part of my life. And I'd almost think that it would be worse, quote unquote worst, if say you had an episode and you didn't have the conversation. And I'm sorry if the word episode is is not the right, but like say you're going through something and they weren't aware that this is something that you're dealing with. I feel like how they're meeting you there would be different if you had like a conversation about it prior to anything happening, right? Like if it's like this is like this is something that I struggle with. Now specifically, I think I watched some of your stuff. You said that you struggle with contamination OC is, is this right or am I pulling it on my ass okay okay <laughs> no yeah <laughs> can you um and I loved it because you were doing this like spoof on like talking to someone like well what's this and you're like I struggle with this and they're like I don't get it and you're like I know that's because it's a mental illness like you're not supposed to get it I loved that because we I feel like as a society get like frustrated and angry when we don't understand something. Like, I feel like we just want to understand it. And then if we don't understand it, we're like, well, we avoid what we don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Or we almost discredit it if we don't understand it. So can you kind of take us through that and like how that shows up for you in a relationship? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so I, um, with contamination OCD, there's sort of like two routes that it can go. One is a fear of getting sick. Um, which makes, I think, a made COVID wonderful, eh? <laughs> Sorry. That, that would have been wonderful during COVID. 
Well, right. And yes. then, <laughs> um, so what is this fear of becoming sick? And then the other is literally just a fear of feeling yucky and feeling mm-hmm. contaminated. Um, and that's the kind that I have. So I'm actually not that afraid of being sick. I'm just terrified of feeling icky and like mm-hmm. gross and like, um, and so right there, that's already confusing to tell people. Right. So during this experience of COVID, I've actually been less worried than a lot of people in my life, but I'm still doing a lot of compulsions around cleanliness and cleaning because I'm afraid of feeling icky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So like I will go, you know, to graduate, I'm in a grad program right now for psychology and I'll, I'll go to class and I'll wipe down my chair and I'll wipe down my table and I'm everyone around me thinks I'm doing it because of COVID, Mm -hmm. but I'm just doing it because I think it's gross. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I find it, I find it interesting because Brittany and I talk a lot about uh, morality and a lot of people put heaviness around certain things. Um, morality is in right and wrong i feel like when you've got when you have every see the thing is for me this is this is i think what's really was wrapping my brain when we first got your your package sent to us was i didn't understand why this was and i don't mean this to diminish you at all i don't understand why this is a big deal why couldn't someone talk about this we all every single one of us whether we have a quote-unquote mental illness or diagnoses we all have the that thing that people have to learn about us to make a relationship work. I have my, I don't even know what we call them, but I have that that thing that Brittany hated about me when when we first got together. And she had those things that she hated, the idiosyncrasies that we all have. That's the word I'm looking for. Now, they're not mental health, but they do impact a relationship. And part and parcel to being a, an effective, in an effective relationship is that communication factor that says, I do this. This is my thing. It doesn't have to be a mental health thing. But I think when you have this mental health thing and we do live in this society and I I do believe it's changing. I believe it's changing rapidly because of the the work that you're doing and the other people in the community are doing about it. But there's nothing wrong about having a mental like mental health. There's nothing wrong with it today, but not everybody feels that way. I know, but there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. So I think there's two sides. I think on the one hand, you're talking about when you're already in a relationship with somebody. But then there's the other part of just the experience of dating. And the experience of dating can be really rocky, even if you don't have a mental health mm-hmm. disorder, right? Like I'm, you guys are, are happily married, but like, yeah. but, but you know, back, think back to it. You know, somebody doesn't reply to you. You're really excited about somebody. They they ghost you. Like if you're in a mentally stable place, mm-hmm. that can still bump for you. That can still kind of like put a damper on your afternoon. Yeah. But if you're somebody who struggles with anxiety or, or depression, that can be a big bump. You know, like that can like you can get, you know, I've been left by partners and it's it's made me suicidal. Like mm-hmm. You know, like the stakes are a little bit higher when you're dating with these disorders. Mm -hmm. So and it can kind of almost feel dangerous to date because it can rock you so much that it's like, is this even worth it? Right. (laughs) You know, nervous how you're going to react. Right. So you're like, why would I even put myself out there if I know that something like that could send me down a very dangerous path? So are there some without obviously giving away like your entire book, but are there some things or advice that you could give to people? And I know that we can't blanket every single mental health disorder, but specifically for you and your experience, are there things that you um, have learned 
and that can you can tell people this is what I do when I find myself in those situations like how did you work through that yeah so the 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 goal of the book is sort of it's not like um 10 steps to find the perfect for partner. sure it's more like how can I feel more confident dating and that it will not rock me as much mentally right um and so you know something that that happened to me while I was writing the book was um I got engaged and uh which was my my dream and then six months later he just like very abruptly walked out on me and I have I have not seen him since um and so <laughs> like that was by far my worst case scenario like I couldn't like if you had said to me before that happened, hey, Allison, what, what could be the worst thing that could happen? You would be like, oh, my partner, my fiance abruptly leaving because they don't love me anymore and also providing no reasons as to why. Right. Um, you know, check. and so then. Yeah. Check, check. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then it was this interesting thing where I suddenly was like the first, I say like the first guinea pig of the lessons of the book because I was having to use a lot of these tools that I've been talking about mm -hmm. to apply to my own heartbreak. And I'd say that one of the biggest things I did was, you know, he said something is missing. That's pretty much all I got. And an anxious mind can take something is missing and fill that up, mm -hmm. right? Fill that up with every insecurity I have about myself, every fear I have about myself, every worry I, I could say, well, it's because I'm unattractive. Well, it's my OCD. Well, I don't know how to cook, you know, and there were moments of that where I was trying to fill in what is that something. Right. But but then having to take a step back and say, I will never know his reasons and I don't need to know his reasons. Mm -hmm. Like that is such a different approach than what my anxiety wanted me to do um, because your anxiety craves certainty and answers, even if those answers are you just shitting on yourself over mm -hmm. and over again. Right. But instead to say, I can handle that I won't get an answer to this. And the act of looking for an answer is actively hurting me. That's wow. so powerful because what? I think like even beyond like you said this before, even without a mental illness and without struggling with that, that would rock a person that didn't have anything going on on top of that. Like, I think that I would continue to question and that's super powerful, like not to seek answers is not going to serve you. Yeah, we take uh, both Brittany and I have taken a couple of courses, but one of the, the baseline from the first course that we took was that we we in, in innately as humans are meaning making machines. We make meanings of things all the time mm -hmm. and we're also at the core of our universe everything literally revolves around us you all you have to do to, for evidence is look around you everything's revolving around you and so if the world revolves around you and there's a gap there you're the only human being that's responsible enough to fill it and you're going to make it mean something about you um and it's so powerful i never heard it worded that way to to realize it just doesn't serve you mm -hmm. you don't need to have those answers and you're never going to have those answers one of the things that my therapist at the time who I worked with for years um, that she did that was really helpful because so many people said to me, oh, you know, maybe this was an important lesson for you. Maybe this was something you needed to have happen. And I was mm -hmm. like, not yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck you. I had, <laughs> I had done a lot of work on myself by the time I started that relationship and I had right. worked through a lot of these issues. And so I didn't need this lesson of yeah. being left. But then she sort of reframed it and said, you know, maybe he needed it. Oh. And so 
to sort of look at it as like, oh, in this, you you know, we always want to be the main character of our stories. Mm -hmm. But I was like, maybe in this story, I'm a side character. And now that he's Mm -hmm. gone from my life, I can reclaim being the main character. Wow, that's really cool. I also want to talk about, because I I think this is so intriguing. Um, On your Instagram, I noticed that you do a show and it's like, horror stories about dating but like when you are the horror story and like you have people on and they talk about when like they were the ones causing this can you tell us about that and maybe just like some of your most memorable like stories from that because I feel like that's such a fun traumatic but like very engaging like thing to talk about because we've all been there we've all been like the what's the right word uh the villain in a relationship right (laughs) Yeah, I was the villain in Brit- I was the villain in Britney for like for three years. years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True story. How did you guys? I am Gaston. That? I am Gaston. Well, Ryan and I, we we've been neighbors did a lot of work since like I was five, so we have like a lot of like baggage. We've, we've dated like other oh yeah, that stuff. Too. A lot of baggage. Yeah. yeah, we have to pay extra because we have to bring all of our baggage on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we did a lot of communication stuff, um, and then Ryan realized that he was wrong about everything, and now we're perfectly married. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, ours is a longer story. But yeah, tell me tell me about this show because I just I love the idea of it. Yeah. So actually, it just launched last week. So I've only had one show of it so far. Yeah. But um, yeah, one of my good friends, Kelsey Dara, came on and she was she was so funny. She was talking about when she was in high school, she and her friends would like track and stalk the boys they were dating to see if they were going to cheat on them or if they were lying on them so they would be like oh we're at this party and then they would like drive in their car and like go hang out outside the party and like try to see what was going on oh my god i feel like we've all done some questionable shit. i have never done anything like that <laughs> i've never done anything like that I no but boys you. probably did like i think men do like different things i probably I showed up at the party yeah, yeah. maybe maybe mm. you were you were the boyfriend doing things that you mean. I find it funny because you know you you talk about being a main character or being a, a side character and I I've, I've never actually even heard it worded like that before. That's cool too. But um you know you, you just you go about life um you go about life like everything's heavy and everything means something and that like you don't screw up and you don't do you don't make mistakes and the world around you is just like as you said maybe it's a learning experience for him. But we do make mistakes. And what Brittany and I have come to realize is that some of the biggest mistakes five minutes later can be funny if you allow them to be. And we found as the laughing couple that like even our lives, you know, we're, we're married, we've got kids, we've got all, all of the things. It still sucks sometimes. But if you can, if you can find the humor in it, and I love that because if you go onto your platform, your platform is very educational, but predominantly humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put a nice little spin on this. And I think that's what people need to realize is that, yes, these things are real. Yes, these things are important. Yes, these things can be heavy at times, but they can also be lighthearted if you allow them to be. Like a sense of relatability is huge in these big issues, which I think you provide, especially in mental health, which is awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that people think that working through this stuff is like, you have to treat it with, you know, gloves on and you can't, you know, and, and yeah. I, and I do think there is a time and the place for that. But for me, humor has been my coping mechanism my entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like one of the ways that I feel more comfortable 
sharing stuff with my partner is by making kind of a, a joke about it yeah. <laughs> by like, you know, poking fun at myself by knowing like, like, <laughs> oh God, the other day, a couple, I guess like it was a couple of months ago at this point, something happened and I felt like I needed to change my clothes because I felt like I was suddenly contaminated or, mm -hmm. you know, I had something, I was having a bad OCD day. And instead of like, doing that in shame or privately or, you know, pretending it wasn't happening. I'm pretty sure I like ran into the bedroom screaming, the OCD is winning. And then I like changed, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think like, because that also allows him to be able to talk about it sure. with a little more levity and with it's not like this, oh, this thing we should only ever talk about. Really. With, you know, and sometimes that's what it calls for, but sometimes it is just like, this is really ridiculous that my my mind decided I'm suddenly dirty and so I'm changing in the middle of the day for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> and like we can laugh about that. For sure. So for the for the people who are in a relationship, because I know a lot of the book is about the dating aspect of it. Um, and I, I just know that there's a heavy listenership on our end that are already in a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. This is a subject matter that I would assert a lot of people don't openly talk about with their partners. And I'm guessing because they don't talk about it, these become issues. What kind of advice would you give to someone who's been in a relationship for a long time? I'm just starting to think in my head, like maybe there's some rules and some, and some structure to support what it is that you're going through. But if you could give like one piece of advice to somebody who is experiencing this, who is in a committed relationship to be how do you just make it easier for both parties to A, understand it, and then B, deal with it when it's in the moment? Like if you're running into a room saying the OCD is winning, some might be like, what? And some people are like, I get it. Let's change. Right? But you got to get to that level. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I think that the books has some chapters that are maybe more about dating, but I also it's a lot about like, what do we do once you've connected with somebody? How do you communicate effectively? How do you, you know? And so I think what's, which I've kind of touched on is like, it's really important for your partner to understand how your specific brain works, mm -hmm. right? Because you might have two people with anxiety in a relationship, but one person when they're feeling anxious wants to go get everything done off of their checklist. And the other person wants to shut the door and have a private freak out, mm -hmm. right? So right. then like these two people when they see that their partner is anxious, they might go, the first one might go to the other one. Well, why don't we go do all your chores right now and get them off the list? And the mm -hmm. other person is like, that's making my anxiety much worse. Right. Stop. right. <laughs> so being able to have that conversation about what it looks like for you, you know, your brain is a really confusing thing. And to expect your partner to understand how it works before you even understand how it works is an unfair ask. Mm -hmm. So I think to be in a relationship, you have to have a pretty good understanding of you, how you operate, why you operate in certain ways, be able to give some context for, for why this triggers me, why this is hard for me. And then when your partner has that context, they not only know how to better care for you, they also know what to not personalize, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, what to not take in as like a rejection of them and your relationship and instead recognize is just the symptom of some of of a disorder or an issue that the person is just dealing with individually. Right. I really I think that applies for people who have and do not have mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Like I really, because I, internal, <laughs> I internalize, we always, it's not even a joke. It's just a conversation that always comes up. We have different sex drives and, and Brittany's sex drive and my sex drive aren't always in sync with each other. Well, it is when her sex drive is there, it's always in sync. Because <laughs> uh, I'm ready. Um, but I had the hardest time for the longest time not making it a me thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so I think even great takeaway from this is whether you're struggling from a mental uh, mental health issue or not. If there is struggle that you're internalizing here in the brain and you're living it out there, there's someone that's going to receive that message and they may receive that message and they may be going through mental health issues or may not be going through mental health issues, but they're going to experience your communication and they're going to do what everyone does. They're going to internalize it. So I think even just creating that understanding of this is how my brain works. When I say this, it's a me thing, not a you thing. Not like the, oh, we're breaking up and it's mm-hmm, not you, mm-hmm. it's me. It but just like, comes down to communication. I think everything that we talk about is is communication. Like just in all across the board, you have to have good communication. And I really like one of the biggest takeaways I feel like I've got from this conversation is when you were talking about like, divulging and being honest and open and transparent with this person who you feel like it's, it's time. Like I'm going to tell them like, this is how I deal with things or whatever. It's, it's more about their reaction. And if they're, if they're going to receive that and just like allow you to speak and and they receive it quote unquote well, or they don't like, that's actually so telling. And why would you want to waste time with somebody who isn't going to receive it in saying that I don't know if it's necessarily great to just write them off because some people might not understand how to take that in. So I just, I really liked that. Like maybe not being afraid to have these conversations because it is, it's going to be telling either one way or the other, like how you're going to show up for them and how they show up for you is in that conversation. I just really like that about anything. Like, don't be scared to do it because you need to know how your partner is going to react if you're going to spend the rest of your life with them. Well, ultimately you're looking for a partnership, Yeah. right? That's, that's the outcome. Yeah. And and I think if you're someone that does struggle to date, you know, whether or not it's for mental health reasons or other reasons, if you keep having bad experiences dating, it's going to keep making it that much harder. (laughs) And so I think one of the things I really want to, some people love to date, right? Some people, it's really fun for them to go out and have five dates a week with five different people. It doesn't, it's not an emotional burden on them. It's energizing. They love it. But if you're not that person where you find dating to be exhausting, you find it to be hard and triggering, the best thing that you can do for yourself is date in a productive way mm. so that you're not wasting time on the wrong people mm-hmm. because that's going to burn you out so much faster. So having these things where it's like I'm information gathering and and like maybe even having those conversations a little earlier to be like, what is this person's thoughts on mental health? Like, are they someone who thinks therapy is a joke? If so, check, please. You yeah, know? for sure. Like, no, I love that. Get, I'll have the soup. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, get the dessert to go and go yeah. home, you know? like Absolutely. Like so that. protecting yourself by being more productive in the way that you do it, I think can be really helpful. Yeah, very intentional. Very intentional. Allison, can you just let our listeners know where they can find you? So when your book is dropping and then any of your socials. You got a lot of them. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I really like Um, your emotional support lady one too. I was following all those stick figures. I like them. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Overthinking About You will be available everywhere on May 3rd. Um, And if you pre-order, then you get 
you're eligible for for some exclusive merchandise, which is always exciting. Mm -hmm. And then I'm at Allison Raskid. And then I also have the mental health account at Emotional Support Lady. And then you can also listen um, to my podcast with Gabby Dunn, Just Between Us, anywhere podcasts are available. Perfect. Now, where do they get the book? How, um, do, they, how do they pre-order the book? So, because uh, we'll make sure we launch this before the third, the third of May for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I can give you like a link that's a like Perfect. the form for getting the exclusive merch, and it also has like where different some different places you can buy from. Um, but then if you buy from the Strand in New York, it, it'll be a signed copy, which is kind of fun. Awesome. Perfect, awesome. Thank you so much. This was such an enlightening conversation. I liked it. Oh, thank you. I had a great time. Perfect. Talk thank about this stuff all day. Yes, <laughs> have a wonderful day. Allison, take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist, but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.